So I'm currently on the line with Jay. He's another one of the musicians that reached out about the current interview series that's going on. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the opportunity to introduce himself. Hey there, my name is Jay Julio. I am from New York, uh, Uniondale, New York originally. Um, grew up uh, in the city and then moved recently to Los Angeles, California, which is where I'm currently based. I am primarily an instrumentalist. Um, I've played with uh, orchestras around the country and um, also venues uh, around the world, Philippines, Cuba, um, as well as serving as a backing musician for uh, uh, musicians like Burna Boy um, and uh, released some independent work as well um, with, with friends you can check out online. We'll talk about that later. But um, such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Excellent. Awesome. Thanks for uh, giving me the time. Um, so I always like to start uh, in the beginning. Um, you know, when did you first find music and what about it was appealing to you and made you want to you know, follow that life path? So it's pretty customary, uh, at least in Filipino cultures, uh, for seeing to be a large part of just how we grow up. Um, you know, I'm sure in the days before karaoke machines, there was a lot of group singing because with karaoke machines now, uh, music sort of is integrated in uh, many Filipino families' daily culture. Um, and it's, it's pretty uncommon to go to a party and, and not have some sort of singing involved. And so I got involved really early on um, you know, church choir, uh, through singing at family members' weddings. And also, you know, as I started going to school and whatnot, of course, I was exposed to music in public schools. I started playing violin back in sixth grade, um, sort of a late start here in New York because my family moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I started playing, I, I realized, first of all, I was one of the worst in the class. <laughs> and second of all, that it was something that you know, after after a few rough months was something I really, really enjoyed. And so I'm really grateful, sort of stuck to it, and uh, I'm now uh, playing. And I play a few other instruments, uh, primarily, and actually a violist uh, now, but um, still do a lot of work on violin as well as on cello and, you know, sort of whatever instrument is needed. Um, you know, I'll try and get my hands on it. Awesome. So you mentioned that you started playing at uh, or in sixth grade. Uh, was that part of um, like the standard school curriculum or were you doing it, you know, uh, private lessons? So thankfully, I, I didn't go to school where they hadn't cut the orchestra program in public schools because I didn't have access to uh, private teaching until I auditioned at the new school, got a scholarship back in 10th grade. Mm -hmm. um, so I did a year there. Um, but for the first four years of life, everything that I did was in the public schools and then at home. And I was really lucky. Um, you know, people were really supportive, actually, at my public schools. And so I uh, often would stay after school until five or six o'clock just practicing. Awesome. And uh, so once you kind of did get out of public school, um, did you go to university for uh, to major in your instrument? Uh, yes. And I actually did leave two years earlier. Um, when I was 14, I auditioned for this high school up in Michigan called Interlochen. I was there for two years. I was very lucky to be there and have the chance to attend um, on a scholarship. It's Really, really wonderful place, although out in the middle of the woods and, of course, very different um, mm. for a kid from New York. Um, was there for two years and studied a lot of different stuff, uh, poetry, uh, 
actually some theater as well. And of course, orchestra, um, classical music at a really high level. Um, you know, that's where I first actually started to really seriously dabble with um, other genres as well, because they had a, a really strong uh, singer-songwriter program there, uh, but I had the chance to collab with some. After that, I was at the Manhattan School of Music for my undergrad, and then the Juilliard School for my master's. And, um, you know, learned a lot of skills there. <laughs> Excellent. So the... The entire time that you were getting, you know, a very formal education in music, uh, what were kind of like your hopes for once you got out of school? There's a lot of thought actually placed into this um, from the beginning, even as you know, people are often like, oh, you know, these, these programs don't really prepare you for the real world. They uh, Classical programs do prepare you in one sense for a real world of orchestra jobs. And occasionally some, some solo um, opportunities and chamber music opportunities that you might have. Um, but I, I, you know, was a little unsatisfied with that. I'd grown up, um, you know, not with orchestras or, you know, any kind of classical music in the forefront of my mind. It wasn't the music that, like, I grew up listening to, certainly not the family, uh, not, not the family music either. And so I really dove deep into... Uh, First of all, the music that I really liked to listen to, I was really glad to, uh, in my first years, uh, live with a lot of jazz musicians who would turn me on to, to music um, that they really liked. Often wouldn't be jazz, you know, would be a lot of jazz inflected music, but not necessarily exactly what they were studying. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, drew on the music that I both grew up listening to, uh, you know, as a uh, as a person who grew up in a primarily uh, black and Latinx environment, um, a lot of the soul that um, I grew up listening to, soul and gospel, um, and indigenous Filipino music, um, both in Western forms and non-Western forms. And that was all, you know, I thought like an incredible second training to have um, one that I pursued, of course, outside of the school, but, you know, in New York, um, you know, the city is your school. The city is a microcosm of, of the world. <laughs> right, right. It's a code with uh, the most languages spoken out of any place in the world. So it's really, really um, incredible to be there. Um, and I'm really lucky, of course, I grew up there. Sure. So once you did get out of university, um, what was the motivation to move to Los Angeles then? I'm also very lucky to, um, after auditions in 2020, and thankfully um, could take these auditions before everything went downhill, um, I got invited to be a part of the Los Angeles Orchestra Fellowship, which is a program uh, based here to basically get um, you know more people of color um, from underrepresented backgrounds in classical music playing. Um, mm-hmm. And they've also been instrumental in actually hooking it up with a lot of uh, non classical um programs that have uh, nevertheless you know been open to, to calling people from this fellowship um and and working with them so a lot of recording sessions have happened a lot of live uh, performances have happened at the hollywood bowl and whatnot um and you know i'm here uh, just playing and trying to figure out how to make it here um it's a def- it's very much a different place los mm-hmm. angeles music of course incredibly unique the center of a lot of TV and film even now, and so mm-hmm. uh, so much happens here that you know you you just cannot repeat somewhere else. 
Right. Yeah, that's an amazing opportunity, too. That'd be very difficult to pass up. All right. So uh, with all of the work that you are doing, are you uh, also pursuing music um, like more of on like the the street level as well outside of the orchestra scene, like uh, playing with other musicians and doing, you know, the regular gigging type stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, that sort of stuff um, comes and goes, of course, with the closures. Uh, We're all balance a very fine line with uh, COVID safety and, of course, making sure that people are even comfortable coming out to go see shows and concerts. Um, There's work happening um, actually on the East Coast for me, so I I do oftentimes will be flying back and forth. Um, In December, I'm I'm lucky I'll be spending most of December on the East Coast. A lot of work in New York. Uh, you know, playing with combos or like uh, playing with different bands, um, as well as like a two-seater run out with this uh, man, Tom McGovern, uh, playing Boston and Philly at the beginning of uh, the season. And of course, at the end of that season, we've got a, a Christmas concert at Carnegie Hall uh, with the program. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just really happy that A, anything can come back and then and that B, I have access to so many different genres and so many different ways of like making music together with people. So those shows that you're doing, are those uh, with orchestras and like smaller ensembles or is that, you know, um, more in the like rock lineup kind of band type thing? Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, really does actually go the entire, you know, it, it sort of spans the whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um uh, this stuff in Boston, Philly will be, you know, your typical band, sort of a variety show type of setup. Um, and anytime, you know, one of the wonderful things about New York um, is that there's there's just so much live jazz. Like any night you can go see live jazz. And mm-hmm. of course, the people there advertise on the bill might not even be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes uh, you go to a gig or you go to a jam, you don't, you don't know what the instrumentation is going to be at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always fun as a string player. Oftentimes, you're the only person of your type there uh, who's, who's plugged in as a bowed string musician, and, and it's it's really a lot of fun working with that. Awesome. So, where do you want to see uh, you know your career get to in like five or ten years? I would just absolutely love to keep, sort of keep doing what I'm doing, like at the highest levels, um, where I can have one night where I'm playing a show with an artist uh you know being in the back line another show i'm like playing at a bar maybe like heading heading my own like band and then another night maybe playing with an orchestra um and i think this sort of versatility is is something that i really really value like in any capacity um i I don't really do well with doing the same thing night after night day after day um Mm uh really really uh wonderful that i i've had the opportunity to take part in so many different things and i just i hope it keeps going Mm -hmm. definitely so uh in all the time that you have been you know learning at uh learning the instrument and then also uh playing with all these different groups what are some of your favorite memories that you know you've encountered or that have happened to you in all that time Hmm. so many things i think one of one of the things that feels like a sort of a crowning moment um 
remember uh, this was, I believe, the last time that Reese Franklin ever played live um, was at this AIDS Foundation gala um, that Elton John, um, I guess his foundation was running as at this big old church in New York, St. John the Divine. Um, and he had invited a bunch of different artists to, you know, of course, be entertainment there. Um, I was I was part of a crew with uh, this organization called Young Arts. Um, they do a, a really wonderful job of, um, you know, funding um, artists under the age of, I believe, nineteen in in uh, the U.S. and do this whole competition and whatnot. Anyway, um, one of the you know perks was um, we got called up one day to go and play the show and and you know we didn't know too too much about it um i was just ready you know for many things i just you know throw it on the calendar and then take a look at the music and you know and make sure that that part is settled to get there in one piece hopefully um you know they they line us up backstage of course there's there's all these people um you know they, they line us up to go on stage it's all a blur really um and who's there introducing us, but like Neil Patrick Harris. And then, you know, we, a little starstruck, um, we get back down and then after us is Aretha and she just, you know, maybe like is 85 pounds at that point. She's so like, so small. I didn't, you know, of course she was very private with her life. So many people didn't know that she was, you know, very sick. Um, but nevertheless, she, she went out and sang. She sounded as good as ever. I thought, um, and, you know, I'll always treasure that, like being able to, I guess, warm the stage for somebody who I'd grown up, uh, you know, hearing her records around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was really, really special. That is very cool. All right. So uh, where can people take a listen to any of the stuff that you're working on or, you know, find the orchestras you're playing in? So I've got my website. That's jayhulio.com, J-A-Y-J-U-L-I-O. Uh, I've got also a bit of music on Spotify and you can always uh, keep refreshing and seeing what gets put out there. Um, the thing that most uh, often will get updated is actually my Instagram. So if you follow that, uh, you'll have a pretty good idea of where I'll be playing. So that's J-A-Y dot J-U-L-I-O on Insta. Um, and yeah. Awesome. And so I always like to give the person I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their last words. So just a message that, you know, you feel kind of resonates with you that you want to put out there. Yeah, um, I definitely want to shout out like everyone that has uh, <laughs> helped me out. And um, also wanted to think about just all the people who are certainly early, especially early on in my life, um, encouraged me without any idea of you know if i was going to go into music or not um that unconditional support without like any expectations really does so much for students you know whether they're students like in the public school program or your own private students or you know just kids that you mentor kids in your own family um having that kind of support um especially in such a fragile artistic field like music um you know it's it's really important especially early on when people are trying to develop that kind of confidence. Um, so, you know, just hoping that we can all remember what it felt like to be supported in that way. And uh, hopefully we can pass that on as we all get older and as we all, you know, start to develop our own sort of mentoring relationships.